Welcome to MediaShift's Digital Media Brief. I'm Mark Glazer, and here are the biggest stories in digital media this week. First up, tech platforms were manipulated by the alt-right during the Las Vegas shooting. In a cycle that's become all too familiar, amateur web sleuths and just plain bad actors spread false information in the aftermath of the horrific mass shooting in Las Vegas. And like those many times before, the tech platforms became a vehicle to spread the misinformation. One egregious example was the mistaken identification of the shooter by people in the internet forum 4chan, which was listed as a source in Google search results. If this sounds familiar, you're not wrong. A similar thing happened following the Boston bombing with Reddit sleuths misidentifying the bomber. We know now the real identity of the shooter to be Stephen Paddock, but before authorities released his name, Facebook and Google were linking to unverified articles from alt-right sites such as Gateway Pundit. And why did they name another man and spread the information quickly without verification? It turned out that the man they misidentified was apparently liberal and a Trump-hating Rachel Maddow fan. Worst of all, Fast Company reported that Facebook's shape Worst of all, Fast Company reported that Facebook's safety check page during the shooting was linking to a false story on a site called Alt-Right News. Facebook pulled down the story and apologized in a statement saying, "We are working to fix the issue that allowed this to happen in the first place." and deeply regret the confusion this caused. It should come as no surprise that misinformation would spread on platforms following breaking news events, not only because this has happened before, but because the platforms are also built to spread information and not to vet it. But Google, Facebook, and Twitter are becoming closer to public utilities now rather than indie upstarts. Just as we've seen with the investigation into Russian meddling in the U.S. election, the tech giants can no longer fly under the radar when they make mistakes. Next up, Google changes subscription rules to help publishers. Now here's a competition publishers can get behind. Facebook and Google competing to help publishers drive more paid subscriptions. First, Facebook said it would help drive subscriptions through instant articles without taking a revenue cut. Now Google has stepped up with new plans to help drive subscriptions, and guess what? They're not taking a cut either. Most notably, Google will eliminate First Click Free, a policy that required publishers to provide a minimum of three free articles a day via Google Search and Google News. The new policy is called First Flexible Sampling. In the past, Google argued that the free clicks would help publishers entice readers to subscribe, and publishers that didn't comply would be ranked lower in search results. The new policy will allow publishers to decide how many free articles they want to provide for readers. Google VP of News Richard Gindris wrote that the tech giant is also building a suite of products and services to help publishers expand their audiences. Finally, Google will examine how to simplify the subscription purchase process for readers. Currently, Google is working with News Corp, The New York Times, and Financial Times on developing new AI tools to help meet these goals, according to a Financial Times report. And even the tapeworm has turned. News Corp CEO Robert Thompson, who famously called Google a tapeworm in the intestines of the internet, now says things have changed with platforms. How about that? 
finally, how Russians targeted social ads to influence the election. Speaking of platforms, we're finding out more details about the Russian influence campaign during the U.S. elections. Facebook handed over 3,000 ads to congressional investigators this week. According to the Washington Post, the Russian-linked accounts created fake sites and Facebook pages around topics like Black Lives Matter, immigration, and Muslims in the U.S. that looked like legitimate sites. They would then create ads linking to those false pages and target those ads on Facebook using the custom audience tool. As the Post report notes, the Russian disinformation campaign was using the same targeting that sophisticated advertisers and political campaigns use to influence people's political behavior. And later, CNN reported that the Russian link campaign even targeted specific battleground areas in Michigan and Wisconsin. According to Facebook, roughly 10 million people may have seen Russian linked ads, with 44% seen before the November 8th election. In order to address concerns over transparency, the social giant is taking a number of countermeasures, including hiring a thousand people to its global ad review team over the next year. They'll also require documentation and identification for organizations that want to buy ads related to U.S. elections. Of course, Facebook hasn't been the only platform under the microscope. Twitter revealed it had shut down 201 accounts tied to the Internet Research Agency, a Kremlin-backed troll farm. It also said Kremlin-linked RT spent $240,000 on Twitter ads in 2016. This is a story that will only get more complex the more that investigators and tech platforms look into it. Thanks for joining us for the Digital Media Brief from MediaShift. You can find the podcast on MediaShift.org and follow us at MediaShiftPod on Twitter. Our past episodes are on SoundCloud. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. We'll catch you next week.